Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Spin the Rally Pod. Goodness me, it's rally week again. It's come round oh, almost far too quickly. It really has. Uh, my name's Colin Clark. Uh, joining me today is George Donaldson, our former team boss. Good morning, George. How are you? Morning, Colin. Very well, thank you. You've been on your travels? I have. I have. I've been very yeah. fortunate. I was very fortunate in that I was down on the other side of the world in Australia for a few weeks. So uh, covering the Australian Targa Championship. And there's, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a great event. I very, very much enjoyed it, George. Uh, but uh, also joining us this morning is Luke. Luke Berry, one of our our writers at Dirtfish. Luke, how are you this morning? I'm very well, Colin, and thanks very much for, for keeping me on. I'm starting to feel almost like a regular in this podcast now, which is a dangerous position Ooh. to be in. Then it... No, no, no. no. Your, your, your input is always greatly appreciated. But I tell you what the danger is, boys. The danger is it's becoming a Scottish podcast. <laughs> oh, it is a Scottish podcast now. That's terrible. Fortunately, none of us have particularly... Um, uh, harsh Scottish... Harsh, strong Scottish accents, if you like. What are you trying to say, um, George? Are you saying we're posh? I wasn't saying that at all, actually. I'm just saying that. I mean, I, I've I, I've I worked on the continent for for 20 years, as you know, and I I had to modify my language. When I first joined the team, nobody could understand me. After two days, one of the boys took me aside and said, "George, look, you're a really nice guy, but nobody can understand you. Slow down the way you speak." After that first event, three weeks, I went home, and if, and I got the piss taken out of me, rotten, when I got home because. My, the way I spoke had changed, yeah. Yeah. and I, I learned. I, I, I had to learn to to yeah. say say the words as they as as they are, rather than in the local vernacular that I was used to. So yeah. my language modified itself over the course of a couple of weeks, and it never went back. So that's why I so I don't, and I, I hardly think hardly think I'm posh, Colin. No, no, no. But no, I agree with you. I had the same thing. I went to London when I was 17, 18 and just got tired of repeating everything. As you do <laughs> coming from Dundee when you live down south. Um, so, yeah, no, I got exactly the same accusations. You go back home and everyone goes, what's happened to your accent? Well, it's still yeah. there. It's still no. there. But, um, oh, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got new orifices opened in me <laughs> for the way I talked. It was terrible. Oh. Look, you've got all that to come, young man. You're still up in Scotland, right? I am, but occasionally I get it. But I I think my accent's very weird. Like, I don't don't think I sound very Scottish at all, to be fair. Um, Even up here, I don't feel like I sound very Scottish. So it's it's interesting. But you're right. I I definitely, though, Colin, would not argue that it's a problem that it's a Scottish podcast there. I think that's a brilliant thing. But there we are. <laughs> <laughs> I agree totally. Boys, it's a world championship, on. a world championship podcast, guys. It's a rally. It's the rally. Rally is a, is a nationality of its own, and it yeah. transcends any national borders. Don't care about them. Only care about rally. Bang. It really does. You're quite right. Well, having said yeah. you only care about rally, George, uh, shall we start with Extreme E or shall we start with rally? Let's actually start with rally. That makes a lot more sense. Snowdrift rally at the weekend, gents. Uh, first round of the ARA Championship. It's a very, very unique event, this one. Luke, you were following it. Tell us a little bit more 
about the snowdrift. It's got a, a very particular set of regulations that make things interesting. <laughs> it, it, it does, yeah. So it's not like what we'll see this week in, in Sweden where the cars are going possibly faster than they will anywhere else on the calendar. In snowdrift, we don't have use of studded tyres. Michigan state law prohibits it. So you imagine driving any kind of rally car on some snow and without any extra grip and it's not something that's going to be particularly easy. But this year actually was particularly bad. I think a lot of people were, were calling it ice drift instead of snow drift this year. The the ice layer was, was incredibly prominent this time around. So I think average speeds were struggling to get above 40 miles an hour for the event, which is just I saw that. Crazy, yeah. crazy for a rally. Yeah. And it's, it's not what you expect at all. But if anything, I think it's almost even more skillful than driving flat out between the trees. And I might get slaughtered for saying that, I'm not sure. But driving, trying to keep your head when you're going that slowly, the patience to not hit anything. And credit to most of the competitors, because there weren't actually that many incidents in retirements. Of course, there, there were some, but it wasn't complete chaos out there, despite what was simply awful conditions. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting, Luke, uh, driving in those ice conditions, and and uh, and the man that was walking away with it, uh, who who obviously had just mastered the conditions very well, he also perhaps had the best tires, you know, or or the most intelligent use of tires. But I mean, there's no doubting his skill. What was he leading by eight minutes yeah. when his gearbox broke on the last stage? Was it Seminick? Yeah, Seminick. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. yeah, so he 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 his gearbox. How do you break your gearbox on a rally where there is absolutely categorically no load on it whatsoever? Um, I suspect that he either made a, a ridiculously silly mistake near the end of the rally, i.e., had managed to spin his wheels up and then instantly got traction somewhere and it put an input into the gearbox that broke it, or. He was just really, really unlucky and something in the gearbox that was going to fail would have failed anyway. Now, if it had been a normal rally, I suspect that gearbox, if that was the case, would have failed on the first stage because the amount of load it would have had, Colin, would be almost zero all the zero. way through that just, rally. Just you saying that, George, I remember when we were in Mexico a few years ago, Juho Hanninen, he went off backwards and he broke his gearbox by... Did he select first gear you know, while the car was still going backwards and the gearbox would, just, just uh, exploded? You that, can imagine that, a situation yeah. like that on a snowdrift where you, you, you lose forward motion, you're going Absolutely. backwards. You know, Absolutely. Something, select reverse, yeah. some, something like that could easily happen, couldn't it? It could easily happen. And, and even, even with the loads being that low, that type of, that type of error can be very, very expensive. So uh, maybe it was something like that. But look, I mean, the guy that won what must have been, I mean, in terms of power... In, in the top 10, he, he was probably the lowest powered car in the whole of the top 10. <laughs> but but the guy, I mean, and what a fantastic leveller that event was. And we say that the average speeds are low. You can understand, you know, quite a fast flowing rally in places on ice. Those cars would be still be doing 70, 80, 90 miles an hour on probably wet, slippery, pure ice, hardly any grip at all. And they're looking ahead saying, OK, I'm going to have to slow down for that. They're having to dump all of the speed, you know, you're doing 70, 80, 90 miles an hour and you're going to have to dump all that speed to get round a hairpin at the end. And, you know, you will not be able to carry any speed through it. Yes, you'll still go sideways, but you'll be going sideways and handbraking in at like one mile an hour. Otherwise, you're just straight off into the snowbank where you will be stuck for five minutes. Um, albeit it had gone very icy, so the snowbanks would have been hard. Uh, on the plus side, it, it, you bang off them. Uh, on the minus side, it tends to do a little bit more damage to the car body, but actually, not not no normally not breaking a car. But um, 
depending who's all it is. George, and Luke, you might be able to just confirm this with me. It's it's the tire choice. It's a kind of it's an open tire choice, right? Um, yeah. But it's it's road tires. It's only road tires. So so we we see specialist your tires developed for obviously obviously. You know, we understand yeah. that no studs are allowed. Well, but you have special snow tires, don't you? Colin, yeah, you know, extra, such, extra oh, it's but you're not such an exciting. But you're not allowed uh, to use those. It's got to be, as I understand it, certainly a few years ago, it's got to be road, road tires. Tire. So they can be snow well, tires, they can be in, whatever type. But you know, in my uh, road tires. in my experience, the best uh, the best ice tires you can buy, snow winter tires. You can get all different grades. I I bought some from a friend in Finland. Got got me these tires, and they were actually Japanese tires, but they were sold in Finland. They were they were I think they were Bridgestones. Uh, could have been or maybe Dunlops. I can't quite remember, but they were so soft. It was almost they almost felt like plasticine. And I put them on my on my, it was my wife's car. It was for my wife's car. Put the four of them on my wife's car. Went out for a drive, and and the car was the the sidewalls of these wheels were also so soft, so pliant to make sure that there's no sharp inputs to break the traction they generated. And we only fitted them on in winter. And and I, I just had to go out with my wife for the first mile that she drove it around a, a few corners to make sure she was, wasn't going to sling in at her normal speed once she understood that it wasn't like dreadful or anything it was just different but the traction of those tires was ludicrous i mean it was i mean i'm i'm used to changing to winter tires those particular winter tires were on a two wheel drive uh 2004 Avensis estate it was probably about 15 years ago that i mean it wasn't the car wasn't old when we fitted them and she could go out in winter and she wondered what all the fuss was about because literally she you couldn't you could hardly spin the tires on this and that was on snow and ice they were so phenomenal much better than a four wheel drive car with average tires even average winter tires this was better it was ridiculously good um, wow. So yeah, so those types of tires are available. So I would I would hasten to say that probably one of those clever specced uh, winter tires, road tires, is probably better than any competition tire that's available for that type mm -hmm. of condition because as it's unique, nobody will develop one. Um, yeah. You you do get very soft. Uh, well, you used to get in the days of when there was more tires allowed. You used to get the, these very very soft compounds on normal. Uh, so the normal uh, uh, Pirelli and Michelin gravel tyre was available on REC in these incredibly soft compounds. And when you touched them, Colin, you would have, yeah. if you used that that tyre on an Acropolis rally, you wouldn't have got half a kilometre. I mean, oh, seriously, you would light up off the start line, you'd be stopped 500 metres later with no yeah, tyres. That's how soft they were. But they were brilliant. So yeah. obviously that's not available for snowdrift, but those road tyres are phenomenally good, but prone to punctures. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and, and I suppose in the conditions that we had at the weekend at Snowdrift, you know, were punctures much of an issue? I don't, don't think they were too bad, were they? Uh, George, can I tell you the name of my favourite tyre? Be prepared. Be prepared to be to be to be shot out of the air if it doesn't start with a P or an M, Colin. Okay. This, this is not this is not my favourite tire in terms of performance. Don't be silly. It's just purely in terms of its name because it's the greatest name ever for a tire. How irrelevant! I'm, how irrelevant is this? I'm, okay, I'm, 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 I'm curious. Come on, come on. I am curious. Completely and utterly irrelevant. Come on, Colin. It, I heard it first mentioned in the bar. Remember that hotel that Subaru used to stay in at Lorette de Mar. It was quite a nice hotel. And yeah, it was, cool, yeah. wasn't it? it was Tapio Laukinen was at the bar with various other people. And someone talked to me about these tyres and they said the best tyre ever was the Nokia. And I said, whoa, stop there, stop there. Nokia never made tyres. Nokia. Yeah, Nokia's they did. A, yep. a, right. Nokia. The Nokia Hukupolita. 
That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea what it is. Whether it's a gravel tyre, a tarmac tyre, a snow tyre, I don't care. It's my favourite tyre. The yeah, Nokia Hukapulita. <laughs> Very good. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure. I do hope we get some input back onto that via yeah. the website. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure Finland will correct us on that on social media. 100. Yeah. percent They'll know. They will know. Anyway, but anyway, anyway, look, it was it was a brilliant event. Uh, anyway, in 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 uh, in Michigan. I mean, what a stunning event and 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 a worthy winner. I mean, absolutely worthy winner. Okay, Semenik was a bit robbed, but uh, well, mechanical failure. Oh, we don't know. Um, yeah, we don't maybe know maybe he made a mistake. Maybe the car just failed. If the yeah. car just failed, then I think he was lucky to have got as far as he did because there can't be any input into that at all. Uh, you know, the mechanical loads going into that gearbox would be, you know, one percent of what they would normally get, literally. Yeah. What do you know about that, Luke? Do you know whether whether it was just a mechanical failure or whether there was something played into it? I, I don't, unfortunately, at this point. No. Um, I did sort of try a bit of semi investigation from my end, but I think it's one of those things that Subaru weren't necessarily very keen to tell everyone quickly. But yes. just just quickly, because before we wrap the snowdrift part up, because we are meant to be talking about Sweden mostly in this podcast, but as ever, we've. We've got a bit carried away. Just a massive congratulations to Mark Piotrowski because yeah. it's one of those brilliant stories, isn't it? Proper underdog. He's one of these, what we'd call a Absolutely. club man competitor. He's, he's, got, he's done it, everything on a sensible budget, family team, unfancied car, and he's achieved something I don't think he even thought he could do. So massive congrats. It, it is what we need from a championship. It's, it's a feel-good story. Yeah, it really is. You know, and what's happened there, he's, he's taken his opportunity brilliantly. You know, the, the guy isn't going to win rallies, particularly in, uh-huh. in that spec of car. And with that kind of level of funding, but yeah. he's gone out. He's taken his opportunity. He's driven, as you say, George. It's a, a rally that required a certain approach, and he's kept his yeah. head. He's kept his cool. Well, and he yeah. will live off this forever. Well done, he will, to Mark. He, uh, he, he will do. But the but the but the point being there, Colin, is uh, uh, look. I'll, I'll correct you on the things. I think all rally drivers, no matter how humble and and small they are, when you come to a rally like that, yes, you dream of you dream of the improbable happening. If you're skilled and determined, you know that it can happen in your heart. You know it can happen. You maybe aren't prepared to mention it publicly, but in your heart, you've got that little longing that it could happen. Now he's managed to do it. Mark, good on you, mate. That was a fantastic result, and I, and I know what you did. I mean, the whole event would have been on tenter hooks. And it, you know, it 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 wasn't it wasn't an easy victory. I mean, it only came right at the end. But look at the gaps; they're they're not that big for that type of event. One little mistake, and um, you know, you're down in fourth place before you know where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well done to Mark and and his team. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be one that they'll remember for a long, long time. Now, as you said, look, we do want to move on. It is Rally Sweden week, but before we get to Rally Sweden, just a quick word for uh, Extreme. It was their first round, wasn't it, in Saudi Arabia? at the weekend um you know extremely you know a bit, bit marmite last year for a lot of people some people really enjoyed it some people thought it was a bit of a waste of time i'd have to say i saw some of the stuff that was coming out of saudi arabia yesterday some of the, the racing and the pictures it looked dramatic uh, the racing looked pretty decent they had some big moments that's for sure um some some fairly big crashes uh, and it was i'd say it was entertaining i i certainly was entertained by what I watched, what I saw, what I read um, for the weekend, even if it was, was it a predictable win? I, I, you know, maybe not a predictable win, but it was well, quite entertaining. N- n- nothing, nothing was predictable there, Colin, because no, the, the way, the, the way, the, 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 I mean, I, 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 can, I can argue about the regulations, I can argue about the way it's set up, and I'm quite prepared to do that with anybody that wants to have a good discussion about it, and I'll argue it with an open mind as well, but it'll be a strong argument when it comes, you can imagine, but... Um, when penalties were applied, they were applied quickly. You know, yeah, yeah. maybe not not just quickly enough, but they were p- applied quickly. Like the, the guy that won the event, 
you know, almost immediately had a penalty applied for overspeeding in the in the driver change area at the switch. Um, so you know, great sorts that one out nice and quickly. They they narrow the track with with the with the uh, with the markers. I'm sure that I've not figured out the logistical reason for making it that narrow um, when it doesn't need to be. But there'll be there'll be a thought process behind it. But we did see that um, that nasty incident. It could have been a lot worse actually between Nasser and um, Carlos Sainz. Um, uh, I'm not sure what the vision is like out of these. Um, one school of thought might have said you'd have thought Carlos would have seen Nasser coming back across the track, but I suspect that he couldn't. Uh, and I would suggest that he certainly didn't. Whether he could or not is a, is a, a moot point, but he quite clearly didn't because nobody would ram a car like put, put himself out of it effectively. Um, yeah, so not... not, no, the, not the strange thing about that, George, the very strange yeah. thing was the argument that ensued afterwards. Yeah, that uh, was interesting, wasn't you know, it? With NASA yeah. saying that he, he had... What did he say his problem was, Luke? He, 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 power steering. He said his power steering, steering had yeah. failed. But then the stewards... But then, look, data data can be very wrong. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it can be wrong at the very highest level. Yeah, the very, very highest level data can be wrong. Um, that said, you've got uh, top drivers who will be very determined and absolutely sure that they are right. Oh, and there's and, history, George. And, there's, there's history and, between and, the there's two. There's history that I'm not... Yeah, and there's history of both these drivers. I've actually been in Stewart's room with both these drivers supporting them, right. yeah? <laughs> Going in there, arguing the toss in front of Stewart, saying, this is what happened, this is what happened, and this is what our driver says, and I've gone in there with a strong argument and a good case... Um, and the stewards say, okay, George, I understand what you're saying. Um, very good. You, you're sure that's your story? I said, look, you know, I wasn't there. My driver, I've, I've debriefed the driver. I've debriefed the co-driver. We've actually spoken to some people that were there. This is what happened. Um, you're making, you're making a, you know, a, a summary judgment uh, without all the facts. And they, okay, no, no, we, we appreciate your facts. Have a look at this video, George. <laughs> and they pull something out that they've got that you didn't have. Oh. Okay, and then you can see that that's not what happened, yeah. yeah. The, you know, the driver said, "Oh, I, I, I lost under braking, and then I stopped and I reversed a little bit, and I went back out the right way, uh, you know, out of, out of a chicane." And it turns out they came down, tried to brake, quite clearly gave up on braking fifty or sixty meters before the chicane, found a way through the chicane and accelerated away without any loss of time. Yeah, well, but they'll tell you're, you're, they'll, you're they'll tell you. Least. You're not talking about Greece a few years ago, are you, George? That 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 could be one of them, yeah. But there's lots. There's, <laughs> there's, I, I can tell you, in that type of incident, in that type of incident, there's more than one uh, for, for 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 all drivers. All drivers, look, they're determined and they're focused and they're filled with adrenaline. These these, these men are not liars or deceivers, but you know, you're in the business of of. Uh, catching every advantage you can and minimizing any disadvantage you can. And and you know, look, I mean the. the it, it's um, it's the nature of the beast, you know. I mean, I remember having to go back to drivers and say, you know, look, I, I've seen the video. You said you stopped. You told me you stopped. Uh, engaged reverse, did a three-point turn and bank, went back. I, look, I've seen the video of it. I've checked that where it is. Uh, the, the video is showing the, the junction, that, that it's the right junction. But I, I definitely didn't do that. Okay, well, there's a car with your car number on it, with your driver name on the on the bottom that went right through that chicane. That's not what happened, and they go away shaking their heads. You know, I've seen it, and I've been there. 
you're almost having a, a check. You're looking around. You're saying, "Am I actually in the, the same universe as these guys?" But actually, they they do live in a separate universe, and it's that very, very, very rarefied space that gives them that competent competitive edge. Even when they haven't got it, they'll try and get it. Got to love it. You yeah, got to no, love with it. Certainly, you have to live with it. So I think that was basically what we saw there was uh, NASA not prepared to admit he was wrong, and Carlos not prepared to say that. Well, maybe I could have missed him, but. He was in the wrong, so I just hit him anyway, which is kind of what happens in a lot of accidents, isn't it? That's but I wouldn't. I, I, I never. I've only seen it a couple of times. I've not poured over it to, to understand, um, and I've not. You know, sit sit in the driver's seat and see what the view is. You know, did, did Carlos have a chance? The, the the role that we saw earlier from what was it? What was it? Was it Christina? Christine. 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 They call yeah. Her. Um, yeah. You know that role there. I, 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 the first time I watched that, I said, "You can't have rolled from there." And then I watched it again, and I watched it again, and I watched it again. I mean, she she comes down. The car is quite clearly generating, you know, some some sideways motion. It's nearly getting kicked up on two wheels. There's quite obviously ruts. That the the car is quite clearly starting to go quite a few meters before it does, and there is no effort, no effort made at all, visibly that you can see externally from outside for her to catch that car. And I'm going to say this controversial now. Uh, I have the, some of the accidents I've watched in that that program in in that series. Uh, I've looked at them and thought that shouldn't be happening. That that's that's a that that that's just not understanding what's happening around you. That's you know, data. I mean, I'm not going to say driver competence or anything like that because I'm not in the car. I don't understand its intricacies, but. That car is either missing a little bit of feedback to the drivers, you know, the, the, because it's all electric. It's hard, but those accidents. I watched that one. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it was. It was tough. It was hard. Shouldn't have happened. But you know, to, to to be fair to the drivers involved, and 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 you know, not knowing all the facts, obviously about you yeah, know, how those accidents happened. Maybe what, maybe it's you know, the cars. One second, George. Yeah. One second. The surface. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we've seen we've seen a number of similar accidents in in Extreme over the past year. Um, you know, there are question marks over the suspension. A number of people, Carlos Sainz in particular, has uh, raised concerns and issues about the suspension. And a lot of these accidents have very, very yeah. similar yeah. traits. Yeah. And, and the car does seem to be, at times, a little bit unpredictable. But look, yeah. uh, the predictability that I talked about was the winners. You know, it was last year's champions. It was uh, mm. Rosberg, wasn't it, who, who won the event. But here's the thing that, that really we've, we've, we've been asking questions about for the last almost two weeks now. You know, uh, uh, Molly Taylor, you know, w was replaced in that team, you know, didn't seem to put a, a wheel wrong last year, um, but didn't get the drive this year. Um, do we have any more news on that? Robert, Molly Taylor's a, a friend of the World Rally Championship. You know, we saw her competing last year and, and uh, you know, she's been around for a long time. Um, what do we know? What do we know, Luke, if anything about that situation, that strange situation? Surprisingly little, Carl. And I, I think that is it's quite interesting because you and I were sort of talking about it off air. Is it, it's not normally like Molly to to not say much. She don't. She, she's not mm -hmm. normally sort of private with it, which, which well, like, makes me think that. I mean, like, we don't know. We can normally speculate, but I, I don't think it was a, an expected or a particularly amicable split. Potentially, it doesn't sound like. No, it, it really doesn't it was, sound like it. Sponsors, sponsors, maybe money, money coming into the team. You know, personal, personal sponsorship being allowed. Those, as many, many factors can do it. It, it quite often comes down to uh, down to money at, at the end of the day, um, or or opportunity or status. But I mean, Col uh, Molly certainly had the status within the team. 
Um, the, the, the strange thing, though, George, is 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 that we're we're not hearing a story yet. You know, I mean, it, yeah. there, there is clearly a story to be told there, and we're not mm -hmm. hearing a story. But that that'll come yeah. out as the season goes on, and and all we can say is that you know, uh, Rossburg clearly have got a good setup there. They've won again, yeah. they lead the championship, um, so they have a good setup there. They've got a great team, a good car, and we will follow you know their exploits this year with interest. I thought it was a half decent start to the year. Remember last year when the first round was in Saudi Arabia, it was absolutely uh, destroyed, the event, the spectacle, the whole thing. The launch was destroyed by the dust, and it was just a farce, to be honest. Yeah. I thought some of the shots that came out of Saudi Arabia this weekend were stunning. Some of the action was stunning. Some of the racing was really, really good. So, um, mm. you know, it, it's, it's, it's promising, whether you like it or not. And I'm, I'm very yeah. much on the fence with Extreme. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not against it. I'm not for it yet. Um, you know, there's a lot, lot to like. There's a lot to not like. So, uh, as you, watch your as interest. You, yeah, as you can tell, I'm following it uh, to 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 a, a, a medium extent, and I'm quite interested by it. The complexity yeah. of the the way it's run is well, it's a it's a it's a you know side by side racing formula. It's not it's not it's not handicapped uh, particularly. There is the, obviously the whole concept is a slightly handicapped. Uh, mm. See, um, uh, formula in, in in that you know the way the way the pairings go and the way that the event runs, but actually it's pretty it's pretty spectacular and and it the, is, it the, is. the venues well, when, when, when it's tremendous. It's spectacular yeah. when you get a spectacular setting like mm. we had in Saudi yeah. Arabia that allowed those yeah. lovely high wide cameras. Oh. Really spectacular. But boys, boys, let's move on. Let's move yeah. on because Sweden, we're, we're half an hour in. Sweden, uh, Sweden. Those two talks were just a prelude to really the main course, and the main course this week is Rally Sweden. Now. Uh, lots and lots of testing ahead of this week, as you would expect. Uh, for me, there seems to have been more than usual. I'm sure that's not correct, because I know it's very much um, stipulated the amount of testing you can do. But one of our friends, a friend of Dirtfish, was at the testing. Uh, a guy called Freddie Gustafsson. Freddie is one of the biggest rally fans in Sweden. He's actually also a professional golfer. Uh, he drove 700 kilometres from his home and spent nearly 10 days up in the frozen north of Sweden following and documenting the test. David Evans caught up with him. So joining the podcast now is Fred Gustafsson, uh, who is somebody that I've known for a long time. Uh, and no trip to Rally Sweden uh, is the same without bumping into Fred, who was always usually wearing a, a Citroen jacket. Uh, now, welcome, Fred. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement in in Rally Sweden and and why I usually saw you in a in a Citroen jacket. Um, yeah, it's a long story. Uh, from the beginning, I I grew up in uh, in Roda, uh, just outside Hogfors. Uh, so you know uh, the stages and the rally cars has been passing just uh, outside the corner for since I was a kid um, yeah. and yeah, the interest just came when I was young and it um, incre increased when I got older. Um, so uh, yeah, and, and from when Loeb entered the, the the scene or the stage, or how do you say, uh, you know, here in, in Hagfors and Sweden, many people at the time were Solberg fans, Peter. Yeah, uh, and then I'm I've I've always been a little bit trying to be the opposite uh, compared <laughs> to everybody else, and then I um, yeah then I just choose to to cheer for the French guy. Uh, so you yours was yours was that one French flag in amongst all of the the Swedish and Norwegian flags, was it? Yeah, you remember that? 
yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, to put it into context, Fred, you're you when you say Ruda, that is obviously that was the old shakedown stage. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You, so my almost my parents... from your house. Sorry. 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 You, you could almost hear the cars from your house. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, my parents' house where I grew up, it is maybe one kilometer from the from the shakedown stage. Um. And the golf course, which is just beside the, the shakedown stage, that's the course where I grew up and learned to play golf as well. So it's really in my my area, you know. So when you think about it, Roda is such a small place. And when you when you are out, maybe sometimes I'm out running or just driving with, with my car on that stage, and you think that how many world champions have been driving on this stage, you know? Yeah, that's, that's incredible, isn't it? You know, it, it really is incredible. Yeah, you're 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 underplaying a little bit. You know, you don't play golf. You're a professional golfer. Um, yeah, yeah, at a very high level. Um, and we, you, you obviously Citroen work with elite athletes, and and they obviously were were interested in in working with you, getting you on board to 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 look after the drivers a little bit. And so you got a call in in 2014 to come and help them. Uh, and it really sort of stemmed from there, didn't it? You, you've become really you were part of the Citroen team when they were in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. Uh, maybe not help the drivers, uh, but you know they. I think they really appreciated my my support for the team uh, and the drivers. So then they just wanted to to do something nice uh, to me, and then they just asked me to to jump along, and I did some interviews during the years and. So it was it was really amazing, you know, to be on the other side of the of the fence. You know, I've been walking in that service park in Roda for yeah since I was a kid. Uh, I think the first time they used it was in 2003. That was the first time they used the Hogfors Airport as the as the service park. And you know, to to just yeah, 11 years after, just be on the other side to to be in the inside the Citroen team like a guest and. I remember uh, I had a I had lunch with uh, sitting next to Yves Maton and Marie Pierre, so yes. yeah, it was it was crazy, but but they really took care of me and and treated me like uh, like one in the team. So I was yeah. to Spain that year too, and uh, yeah, they always been taking good care of me. So I really appreciate that because um, without Citroen, I would probably not have been. Uh, having that many contacts and to know so many people that I actually do at at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was great. It was great. No, it is. Absolutely. Now, sadly, Citroen, uh, Citroen is no more in, in the WRC uh, as, a, as a Rally One team. Uh, so your your role has changed a little bit. And here is, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Fred, always. Uh, but this at this point, it really is a pleasure because I don't think there's anybody in the entire world that has seen and knows more about the Rally One cars, all three of them, in a Rally Sweden specification than you. You have spent the last week in and among these, the three teams, while I've been testing. You've helped them close the roads. You've worked with Thomas Rodström, who is uh, the man who runs all the testing, really, in Sweden. Um, first of all, Tell us a little bit. First of all, Fred, tell us how do you say, I've been saying Umia quite happily for a long time now. How should I be pronouncing it? 
uh, yeah, it sounded pretty good. You maybe should try to learn from more Swedish. <laughs> uh, now maybe the correct. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, in Sweden we say umio. 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 Right. I will be. I will be a little bit ahead of Colin Clark when we. Yeah. Umio. Okay. But that's that's easy, you know, to be ahead of Colin, you know. <laughs> that's very <laughs> true. It's much harder to be ahead of George Donaldson, but it's very easy to be ahead of Clarky. Yeah, uh, maybe you, you should ask Colin about. Uh, I think it was night to Sunday Rally Sweden 2015. Yeah. When he stayed at uh, a place where I I know the people who who lived there, and he had a he had a a room there to to sleep, right. and I just went there in the evening and just bumped up that door to his sleeping room <laughs> and we were sitting there for maybe I don't know how long I was there maybe one and a half two hours he was lying in the bed and I was sitting on the floor and we were talking about yeah Rally Sweden in general and Loeb I... and Osher and all that you know Citroen Volkswagen <laughs> wow and I did briefly wonder Fred where that story was going with with Colin sitting up in bed uh, so I'm glad we're a family show. I'm glad we, we talked about rally cars. Uh, but we certainly we will ask Colin about that. But you you got home this morning at half past three in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. it's about the, the last week of your life. It's been a pretty special one. Yeah, it's been good, you know. Uh uh like like it's been now for for yeah, it's soon ten years. I've been the guy who is uh, visiting the the tests, and sometimes I'm help I'm helping the guy like Thomas who who runs the test as well. But I I've, I've been the guy who is posting videos on social media on Twitter and stuff like that. So so the the rally fans all over the world, they kind of know that the guy to follow the weeks before Rally Sweden to see some some tests. Uh, that that is normally me. So. Yeah, it's it it it's been great, you know, and to see these new cars and it's been a it's been a privilege to to be so close now. For it's been how many tests have I visited? It's uh, is it seven seven I think. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay, and you started the week with with Hyundai. Yeah, uh, three days. Yeah. So. What is, I'm sure it's not easy to 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 say, but what is your what are your thoughts on on what you saw? Obviously, you weren't in the service park, but you were out watching on the stage. How do the three cars look? How do they compare? What uh, what are your thoughts on these cars going into into rally? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the difficult thing is that you see you see the same car for three days in a row, but and with different drivers and it's yeah. in and it also is different stages which can change a little bit like Neuville stage was a bit more uh, with a bit more corners and and twisty compared to Tanax road the, the day after was a bit more straight and a bit faster so yeah. it, it's tricky to say but but for sure uh, all over the week uh, the Toyota looks looks good you know it feels like like it's always been, it's it's it looks really fast, and they they get the car. How do you say down the traction? So it really yeah. sits on the road, pretty good. Uh, and and the 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 Puma, the the M Sport Ford, it 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 just looks all around solid. It's good, you know. Uh, yeah. So, and the the Hyundai is looking good as well. Maybe it's everybody knows that it was maybe a struggle in in uh, in Monte. Uh, 
So maybe that is, how do you say, affecting the way you you look at it. So, but I, I guess you know Tanak looked good, so I think he will, with his yeah. starting position, I think he will be up there in in Sweden if everything works out well. I think definitely, you know, Tanak is is the guy, isn't he, in these conditions that we saw in in Arctic Rally in Finland last year that. If there is an issue with the car or if the car's not quite perfect, for sure on this rally, he can really carry the car. Um, but it's just whether or not they have managed to iron out all of those difficulties that they had oh. uh, on the opening round. It, it, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but as well, you know, it, Oliver Solberg showed really well and, and has good experience in, in the snow. So, you know, he's a, he's a countryman of yours, Oliver. He's a fellow Swede. Yeah. Uh, I will be rooting for him. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's a nice uh, young gun, and I'm I'm really really happy to to see that he's driving with the with the Swedish flag on the uh, on the window. Uh, so yeah, I was maybe afraid a couple of years ago that when Oliver just enters the stage, he will probably go with the Norwegian flag like like his dad. So yes, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy to to have a, a Swede in the. In a manufactured team again, so it's yeah. really good. Yeah, and he was driving really well on the test. Uh, I was only there in the morning because then I have to go to the Evans test and to to close the access road there. So I I didn't see the whole day, but uh, what I could see it was it was looking good. You know, he's he's um, he's enjoyable to watch, Oliver. Mm. So no, I, I hope it, we will have a good rally. He is. But I think, you know, the big question is, can Toyota bounce back from the disappointment of, of Monty? You know, and Ogier was so close. And if you look at a car that has been created on these kind of roads in these kind of conditions, it, it probably is the Toyota, isn't it? Coming from Evascular, where they're in the snow and ice for three or four months of the year. Yeah, I would say so. You know, for sure, we don't know the forecast now and, and what will happen in the next week and the days just before the rally, if it comes on fresh snow or not. But but when you look at it now, how it normally is, I would say that uh, both Alvin and uh, and uh, EP, Lappi, will yeah. be really strong on the on Friday, I would say. Uh, yeah. And both both are in a, in a Jaris, so I think and, I think they will be really quick. And Calais as well. You know, yeah, for sure. He's first on the road then, so that depends a little bit about the, the forecast, but we will see. True. Yeah, no, that's true. And just tell me a little bit about, I know it's a, it's a new area to you as well. But you're still better than Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's a new place to you. It's a completely new place to, to all of us. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the city like, uh, and what are the what are the roads like? Yeah, uh, the city is uh, maybe it's around Karlstad in in size, okay. maybe maybe a little bit bigger. Uh, but as the the stages, I haven't really seen the 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 stages. I've only been on the tests. Mm. Uh, Maybe a bit more snow than we're used to. For sure, 2018 was really good in, in Torsby area as well. But um, I think so, what, what I felt during the test is that, you know, walking around like, like a spectator, like I did, uh, I think that the, the, the forest, you know, the trees feel sometimes a bit closer to the road. Right. 
yeah, yeah. so it i i think in in Värmland area it was a bit more open mm. so you know on, on lapis test the, the the last part of that test stage you know if if you just jumped up on the snowbank you had a forest uh, just behind your back so you couldn't really go more than one meter away from the from the snowbank and the road so that was a bit it was a yeah. bit tight yeah so yeah i would yeah. i would really when i have the chance now really say to everybody who is going there next week to watch the stages uh, you you need to follow the the marshals the recommendations and and all that to to have a safe and good rally yeah, no, that's absolutely right. A, a, a great message, and we can see from from your your fantastic videos that you've posted on on Facebook. Uh, and if you want to, to to look on Facebook, it's Frederick Gustavsson. Uh, find find out there. Hopefully, Fred will allow us to run maybe one of his videos on on Dirtfish as well, so we can we can absolutely, uh, absolutely. we can use that. Um, but the one thing that is very clear. Fred, is that there are good snowbanks. Uh, yeah. We are in for a, a real proper winter rally here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the, the conditions looks really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think we will see any drivers being negative about the conditions. So I think everybody will be will be happy. And and also on the TV all over the world, it will be a, a proper proper winter rally. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you if you had ten euros of, of Colin Clark's money uh, and you went to bookmakers, <laughs> where where would you be putting that that money? On 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 what? On which driver to win? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, my my heart says uh, Craig or Oliver, uh, but if you Regarding what we have been talking about, I think it should be on the. I think Evans have a good chance as well in the in the Yaris starting a bit back. Yeah, I think he will be strong, uh, but it's really difficult. I, I would say it's between uh, uh, Evans, uh, Lappi, and uh, Tanak. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Now I I was going to say from your video today, uh, the Breen video that you posted, yeah. uh, there, were, there looked like there was an awful lot of snow um, yeah. in there. But here's, here's the thing. So you had finished your work on the test roads with Hyundai and, and Toyota. Yeah. Uh, you then were faced with a 700-kilometer drive home. But instead of doing that, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, I drove 460 kilometers straight west to uh, to, Craig, um, to Craig's test. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an old mate of yours as an old Citroen driver. Yeah. Uh, that's some commitment, uh, a good f- five hours drive. Yeah, uh, going to see it, but it was worth it. It was it was good action there as well. Absolutely, I um, you know Craig Craig is a he, he's a good friend and he's such a nice guy. So yeah. I would uh, I would never ever been just driving back home to to Hogfors with with not uh, going to to Craig's test. I would not do that. It no. would it, it it will not happen. <laughs> no, these these are the things, aren't they? You know, when we have these opportunities. Uh, of having you know these incredible drivers in our home countries, you've got to make the most of it. Yeah. Uh, certainly, it sounds it sounds like you have definitely made the most of the last week. Uh, so, yeah. it's it's fantastic to to have you in the in the podcast, Fred. Thank you very much for your time, uh, and hopefully we will uh, we will get time for a, for a hot chocolate or something next week. 
Yeah, my pleasure to to be here and and make sure to take care of of Colin when he comes to Sweden with his high snowbanks, you know. <laughs> I will take great care to push him very firmly into the snowbank. Yeah, very very deep, very very deep, and then you put some extra snow in the hair of him. <laughs> yeah, they won't they won't find him till the summer. That'd be no. nice. <laughs> excellent, mate. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you very much for the time. Yeah, thank you, David. Right, Colin, uh, what is that story about Freddie yeah. in, in your bedroom? But actually, I've asked that question, but nobody, nobody, I guarantee you, nobody wants to know. So God. just let it let it go. That Move on. Let's no, move forward with our lives. You, I, I, really I don't want to know. Tell you, but, because it was bizarre. It was totally bizarre. Um, you know, I was staying in a, a kind of Airbnb in Sweden one year, and the person that owned that Airbnb was a friend of Freddie's. You know what I'm like, George? I'm an early to bed type, you know. As soon as I've work's done, something to eat straight to bed. It was about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and there's a rap on the door in the bedroom. I'm, I'm in bed, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, as you do, you know, just about to sleep. And it's Freddy. It's Freddy. He goes, Colin, Colin, can I come in? And I'm thinking, oh, God, what does he want? Uh, so, yeah, 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 Freddy, whatever you want. Uh, thinking he's only going to come in, realising I'm asleep, you know, and, and, and completely drowsy and, and a big day of rallying the next day. He's going to come in. He's going to be gone within two minutes. Plonked himself down on the floor and we talked rallying for an hour. <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre, but but he is just the biggest rally fan in the world. So, so I allowed Tremendous. him that, George. Yeah, he's a top boy. Tremendous. He really is. Okay. But listen, you know, boys, he, he's been out. The conditions look really, really good, don't they? As, as we were all hoping around him here. George, you're a resident uh, weather forecaster. Before we talk yeah. about perhaps the teams and who we expect to go well, um, how is the weather looking for the week? Okay, so I'm setting myself up to be shot as the weather forecaster. Shoot the shoot the messenger. Okay, I'm looking at a seven-day forecast at this point. Well, actually, it's only six days because we're only out till Sunday. So these weather forecasts can change massively. Now, we do have Easter late across the continent at the moment. That's bringing in all the cold air from the, from the northeast. Um, we are seeing nice, cold, but wet conditions, um, in moist condition, moisture in the air over the next week. So today in Umea, Minus six is the coldest it's going to be, and minus five the warmest. Tomorrow, uh, minus 11, minus seven. Wednesday, minus 16, but the high going up to one degree, uh, minus one degree. Thursday, minus three and four degrees centigrade. Now, let's just tell you, and, and some rain at the middle of the day. So that, really? Yeah, not much. It's so little. And, and, and so, I mean, it's literally, it, it's 0.1 of a millimetre per hour for a three-hour period over lunchtime. These are these forecasts are are based on computer models, um, which, you know, every hour you increase its distance, it exponentially gets less accurate. But they are extrapolations. I mean, it certainly will not rain for three hours at 0.1 millimetre of an hour on, on Wednesday lunchtime. But, oh, sorry, Thursday lunchtime. On Friday, it's saying minus four and one degree is, is the hottest. And snow, snow in the morning up until lunchtime and then sunny in the afternoon after lunch falling back to sort of zero degrees and, and then getting down to the, 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 the small minuses on Friday night. Saturday, minus five and one degree and Sunday, minus four and two degrees. What this means is the stages are going to be in fabulous condition. Uh, maybe a light dusting of snow, and it is a light dusting of snow. It looks, I mean, the forecast is suggesting about 10 to 12 millimetres of snow. That's 1.1 millimetre of rain. Is One millimetre of rain is about 10, 10 millimetres of snow, an approximation that can vary greatly depending on the moisture content of that snow and the way it falls. Um, but um, 
not horribly cold to spectate. So the spectators are going to be having a lovely time. Uh, the cars will be dripping a little bit at the end of stages, you know, the, 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 because they'll be lifting the ice and it'll just be a wee bit warmer. Um, but, the, but the road conditions, the road conditions should stay perfect, yeah. should stay absolutely perfect. But not too horribly cold. I mean, when it gets down to minus 15 to minus 25, that starts to get a bit hard to spectate. And yeah. if you get down to the minus 30s, it, it's actually starting to get kind of deadly if you're not wearing the right things. So, uh, of no, course, all the, all the, all the Scandics do that, so it's okay. No, the Scandies are fine. It's, it's, yeah. it's just Brits that disappear off to Sweden for you know one week trip a year. People that, people that take shortcuts through the snow and fall into a river, etc. Yeah, that yeah. has been done yeah. before. I think David Evans might have done Yes, that. it was. We've had, we've had that story before, Colin. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, boys. Here's the thing that's that's, that's interesting for me. Uh, road position. You know, and yeah. the weather forecast kind of plays into some of the factors that we have to consider when we're talking about road position. You know, let's, let's take a look at, you know, we'll go through it perhaps by team and see who we think are favourites to win this event and how perhaps road position may affect that. Your first on the road is going to be Cali Rovenpera. Now, you know, it's a brand new rally. Let's look back at what happened in the brand new rallies last year. Okay, he was he disgraced himself, you know, professionally. Not, not you know, I think in uh, when we went to Croatia and he put it off within a few kilometres of the opening stage. But the other two new rallies, and we'll call Acropolis new. He won Acropolis, uh, and he was the fastest Toyota when we went to Ypres. Now, mm. normally, I would say, Robin Perra, when you go to Umea, on the snow and ice, kind of form we've seen from him in the past, he's going to be favourite. But, but what do we think? What do we think? First on the road, there's a forecast of snow. Uh, you know, it, it's, 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 George, the best place to be, not the best place to be. I think it might make it a little tricky for young Robin it, it, it definitely would. First place on the road in Sweden is not the best place to be because you are, you will be clearing, a, you will be clearing a line um, to some extent. And, and, and that will make a difference. It's definitely not the best place to be. Um, that said, a determined driver can counter a lot of that, as we know. And that can vary from driver to driver. Quite how young young Mr. Rovenpera is going to manage that, uh, it would be difficult to say. The, the guy quite clearly is just oodles of talent. Uh, this is very much, this absolutely categorically is his is his native uh, his native environment. He is going to excel there. Categorically, he will excel. It's how long will, will, will he manage it right to the last stage or not? I don't know. Nobody knows that. He has matured massively over the year, and he yeah. understands about not throwing it all away more. Will the red mist descend? Will he be able to contain himself? Well, he's a pretty measured young man, surrounded by a lot of good people who will be offering sage advice in the right quantities, not over complicating things, not giving him too much instruction. He'll he'll be well supported to go into this event and manage what you do. So for him, his strategy has to be Friday. Let it sort itself out, minimize any damage, make sure you keep your keep yourself in the in the frame. In the frame at the very least. Who knows? Who knows what those conditions are? It's 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 four days away, five days away really until we see until we see that for that forecast could change massively. There could be a huge amount of snow coming. If there's a huge amount of snow coming and it continues on through the morning, well, that that can affect everyone equally. 
And not, it usually is wow. worse for the first cars, but yeah, but but again, it depends on depends on how it falls. It can strange things can happen, Colin. Um, but generally speaking, it would be it would be tough for him. But that snow might disappear, it, 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 and and you know the rain that that comes on Thursday. Maybe let's say the rain would be a little bit heavier on Thursday, making everything very icy, freezing the surface up. Maybe it rains again a little bit overnight on Thursday, Friday, and it, it could be going out to the most perfect skating rink surface and you could end up with a fantastic lead at the end of the first day yeah. you never know you never know that so good luck yeah. to the guy I think he's not not out the frame at the front De just depends on the conditions on the day very much no I think I think look uh, you know my view is he's not out of at all because as I say mm -hmm. I think he's got he's got a history of being able to cope um you know, it's a level yeah. it's a leveler you know new rallies are a, are a leveler and when yeah, okay, we've we've taken out our most experienced driver, but you've still got the likes of Tanax, who massive experience, oh. and Neuville, uh, good starting position, and clearly mm. his teammate Elvin Evans, massive experience. Look, what do you reckon? What do you reckon the battle of the Toyotas? It's quite an interesting one because at the front we've got obviously uh, Robin Perra and 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 the potential problems, but further down <clears> you've got I think probably the fastest guy on snow and ice just now. Um, which seems a little odd for a Welshman, but Elvin Evans, for me, when we've seen him on snow and ice, particularly a couple of years ago in Sweden, untouchable when things go his way. He might, look have the best of the starting positions. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people talking about Elvin as a favourite this week. And, it, and as you say, it's, it's totally understandable because I think he's starting six. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong there, but it's, it's around about the mid-pack anyway, which, in theory, sh should give him the best of any situation. Because if, if it does transpire that there's there's gravel coming through the stages and people are losing studs or or whatever that the back might not be the place to be we know the front's not the place to be you've got elvin slap bang in the middle and let's be honest he'll be determined to to grasp this opportunity we've got no Ogier, no lobe and the two guys at the top of the championship so things are opening up elvin know he knows he kind of dropped the ball in monte carlo he should really have been the guy that came here leading the championship. He's probably glad, in a sense, that he's not for this rally in particular, but he, he does have a point to prove. And, and as you say, Colin, his pace on Sweden two years ago, okay, it was a very oh. different rally with with not as much snow as we'd have liked, but he was just in a, in a league of his own, really. So I, I think him and, and we can't forget Esapeka Lappi as well, oh, his, his return. I'm very excited to see what Lappi can do because he, he does seem to be in this wonderful sweet spot in his head where... He's extremely motivated, but he's not hanging absolutely everything on a successful rally career. He's, he doesn't look like the kind of driver that's going to go home after a weekend, not get the result he wants, and let it eat him for three weeks. And, and I think that is a, is a very good place to be mentally. Mm. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Lappe is definitely one to watch. But, but here's the thing, you know, so you know, when we talk about these drivers are all, you, you put them all, you know, Lappe, Rovenpera, Evans, you put them all in identical conditions which you can't do clearly but if you could there would be very very little between them very little I, I'd, I'd yeah. perhaps just yeah. put Evans as a nudge ahead of Robin Perra and a nudge or two ahead of Lappy uh, but we know we know that things particularly in the snow and ice can change so quickly and and there can be big big advantages now normally you look at Lappy's position you look at Evans's position and you might say well you know snow dust becomes an issue but George the temperatures that you're talking about your snow yep. dust isn't going to become an issue so those boys shouldn't have that to worry about we shouldn't see any kind of readjustment because of yep. time lost of, of, of snow dust is that a reasonable thing to I think to I think that's a reasonable thing to say um the the, the it's also quite windy 
So, yeah. um, although when you get down into the trees, uh, that wind is almost gone, but but it's still enough to move the dust, move, move any move any haze and har, hopefully out of the way of them. So I don't think, uh, from what I can see here, it doesn't look like an issue. But I'm 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 looking at a very narrow perspective of a of a of a, a five or six day forecast. And it's my my, fa my my favorite in Toyota is none of yours. I, I'm I'm going to go with Katsuta. You never know. You never you, know. I think because I think all four of those drivers are actually very, very quick uh, in in the in the right conditions. Katsuta needs needs yeah. to needs to bring a heck of a lot more together than the other drivers do. You know, for everything to line up right for him. But actually, his pace uh, yeah. uh, shows 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 bright spots in there, Colin. And and don't forget, mm. ice ice and snow rallies no, no, can no, bring no, us. No. They can bring George, us surprises, I, even when you're no, running I'm, spike tires. I, I am not doubting his pace mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Katsuta has the pace. Katsuta is not in the right place uh, in terms of his own personal performance and his own confidence right now. I've never seen Katsuta as defeated as he was with that off after that off in Monte Carlo. Never heard him so down. Never heard him um, you know, beating up on himself as much as he was. He, you know, he, needs, mm. he needs a confidence-building event. Now, what is a confidence-building yeah. event from? Is it an event where he goes out on day one and sets a stage winning time or no. two? Or I'll is tell it an you. event? What is it? I'll, t I'll tell you what it is, Colin. It's the, 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 the confidence-building event for him would be put Dan Barrett back in the car with him. Simple <laughs> as that. And, and yeah. he, needs, he needs to learn to listen to his co-drivers. You know, okay. if anything's missing from him, it's not talent. It's the teamwork inside the car. He's, he's had a series of great co-drivers. Uh, Dan Dan Barrett uh, was was tried to discipline with him. I, I've seen them in action only once. Only saw the, and I could see the body language. It wasn't perfect between them in Safari, but by God, they could put a result together. Yeah, I agree. And and I agree. And, and, and and also, I think what Katsuta does is learn to actually understand. Actually, in the rally car, when you're going in the stages, fast down the stages. You're the boss only up to a point, yeah? When you're off the stages and the strategy and managing that strategy, for Katsuta, that's the biggest skill he oh. has to learn. And and Dan Barrett, Dan Barrett had the best, has, has managed the best out of all the co-drivers he's had so far. I don't know if Dan is is technically able to come back at this point, you know, physically, because he did get a bit of a bang around, but I would put Dan back in that car and just be done with it. I don't know what they're well, thinking let's about. Just, let's, just, let's just say again, for, for just reasons of uh, <laughs> just, just keeping things reasonably equal, George, you know, there's no suggestion. You know, the, 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 the suggestion is that, you know, Katsuta is now happy with, with Aaron Johnson, and that is, you know, there's some kind of long-term yeah. deal being put in place there. But as we yeah. saw last year, you know, when things start to go wrong, and we saw it so many times in so many different cars, you know, drivers are looking, yeah. looking at ways, you know, and, and, and the easiest ways to replace the co-driver. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, really, I had something really interesting, just another quick throwback, boys, um, to Safari Rally, George. You mentioned Safari. It was classic Safari last year. Mm. Ken Block, Ken, Ken Block went remarkably Last well on, on on classic Safari this year. I think lots of five. lots of punctures, lots of punctures, Colin. But, so you know, he, he, he didn't quite didn't quite read the conditions right. Correct. That was going to be my yeah. point. You know, he didn't. Yeah. You know, he went. He, classic Safari is all about management and managing the event, uh, and and going flat out is is not managing. Going flat out is just keeping your fingers crossed and hoping your car holds together. You can go flat out. Of course, you can. Everyone can. Um, and it's actually not too difficult to do on the classic safari. What is difficult is to get through without punctures, without suspension problems, without hitting something. Um, I, I, you know, I, I was impressed at times by his pace, but I saw lots of pictures and images where I thought that's over the limit. 
But my point was, um, when he when he put out his his post rally um, assessment, he mm -hmm. talked about the number of punctures, uh, and then he said, and my co-driver made a mistake which cost us lots of time. I saw that. I saw you don't that. Often read that from drivers. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't often. It was yeah. a very pointed, a yeah. very pointed criticism at his co-driver, um, and it, it it is the easiest yeah. thing to do for a driver who's clearly making mistakes. And I, I would argue strongly that Ken Block's approach wasn't quite right in Safari. Whether he made mistakes or not, I don't know. I didn't follow it that closely. Well, um, but perhaps his approach wasn't quite right. The easiest thing to do is to look for, for, for others to blame and the co-driver, as we've seen many, many times, is quite hey, often the look, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Alex did make a mistake, obviously, I'm you sure know, but, but, but to out him like that's a bit hard, I, I thought. thought. And, I and, thought. and also, um, uh, the... Uh, it, the safari is quite unique and it's quite difficult. Um, you are following these route notes and you come into these villages and, you know, the, the, the road book will show you that there are five ways out of this village and you're looking at the tracks, trying to figure it out. You've got 25 people all waving at you that way, that way, that way. Uh, normally, they're actually telling you the truth, <laughs> normally, but the road book tells you you're, you're looking at it and you're sure it's got you going another way. It might be that you've actually even just come into that village on a slightly alternate track. And that's what's leading you down the wrong road. There's a lot to, there's a lot of things to extrapolate very quickly. The next car might not be along for ten minutes. You can't stop and wait and see what they do. Um, uh, and very often, you know, you look at any safari footage, classic safari footage, you'll see cars coming into village and then leaving on a different route. I would, I mean, I know what I would be doing as a co-driver there. When uh, I would be, I would, I mean, I know you're limited what you can do, but you would be, you would be understanding the, the lay of the land. I mean, sometimes the, the most useful thing coming out of these villages is a compass. If you've got an accurate compass that tells you, yeah, you, you know, and, and you look on the map and you say, well, I actually should be heading northeast. And you're, you look at the you, you look at the, uh, the compass and it says you're going due north. Crikey, I'm definitely on the wrong road. Quite clearly. And, and, and that's not easy to do. I'm not saying it is. But you've got to really pull a lot of extra information in that you're allowed. And there's a limitation on what you're allowed. You're not allowed you know, fancy bits of equipment and everything. So it's down to judgment. Alex made a mistake. I would say that, it, you know, yeah, sometimes you look at it afterwards, you think, how did I do that? But actually you did. And it's it's the stress of the moment. Driver pushing too hard. If the co-driver's made a mistake as a driver, I've always said, what have I done wrong? Why why, why was I not helping? You know, you're, you're, you're in the car together. It's a team. Um, yeah. Yeah, that no, was an so, interesting yeah, it was one. A, it was a bit, it was a bit harsh that. A bit harsh. But anyway, I mean, harsh. you know, look, nothing, right. nothing against Aaron Johnson at all. I mean, I, I have met him once or twice, just very briefly, and it's a tough situation to be in. You know, when and and co-drivers have always been my favourite people to deal with in in my WRC career. You know, professional, uh, great teammates, everybody contributing to the win, and I'm sure Aaron is is 100% doing that. All I'm saying with Mr. Katsuta is. It seems to me that that uh, Dan Barrett was the guy that managed to control them, and it wasn't easy. I, I actually saw it firsthand on numerous occasions in Safari Rally last year, where Katsuta was was needing to be needing to actually understand. Actually, at one point, I even commented to him because <laughs> I was standing there at the roadside, and there was lots of people coming up for for uh, autographs. And uh, Dan said, Dan said to him, "We've got to go now." Uh, uh, we've got to go now. And the guy just looked at him, yeah, 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 I'll be there in a minute. And I think to myself, so you're getting yourself down to the stage start now with minus, I mean, minus two or three minutes, Colin, of preparation time that Dan was looking for. Wow. Yeah. 
At, at that point, at that point, he was leading the rally, and he's robbed himself. Now Dan asked him, and I could see Dan's frustration on his face and his body language. I could see it, and you know, Dan was wanting to win that event every bit as much as Katsuta did. You know, um, uh, maybe knowing that the inevitable was going to happen, but he wasn't giving up, and Katsuta wow. wasn't listening to him. And I thought to myself, yeah. There's a bit more, bit more work to be done, and and I mean, even I could even confess, you know, does this guy need another co-driver? But um, maybe, you know, I think you know at, at that point, I, I, looking at Dan, I'd have thought the guy was just about done with it. You know, uh, there was a lack of respect there coming coming back towards him. But again, I'm just seeing a a few minutes. I mean, I'm I'm making a big deal out of something I only saw for a few minutes, one event. But I don't think my extrapolation is no, far could, from the truth. Be, I, you know, what, let's wait and see. I mean, I, what 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 I think Katsuta-san needs now more than anything is a little bit of stability mm. and a little bit of a chance to get that confidence back to find that form yeah. that we saw certainly anyway. right at the start of last year, building anyway. up to Safari. But for me, for me, let's get back to Sweden. Uh, let's talk about the favourites okay. in Sweden. And for me, Toyota. Look, I don't know if, if you're. We were, well, we, we were, we, Colin. We were talking about the favourites. That's my favourite. Katsuta's my favourite to win Sweden, or right, the favourite okay, Toyota driver to win. <laughs> but but who knows? Hyundai or Ford? Crikey, yeah, let's okay, get on let's, to them. Let's get on There's to a them. Lot to talk but, about. You know, for me, Toyota are the team to beat. You've got obviously uh, Robin Pear at the front. You've got uh, you've got um, Elvin in a really good position midfield, and you've got Lappy at the back of the field, more or less. You've got all bases covered. You've got three drivers there who are remarkably quick, as you say, Chuck and Katsuta as well. You've got four drivers who are remarkably quick. Toyota are the team to beat. But for me, the great unknown about this one, Luke, is M-Sport. You know, what can M-Sport do here, do you think, Luke? Craig Breen, is it, is it, is it a bit too much to say that Craig Breen is potentially, Luke, one of the favourites here? It is hard to tell with Breen, I think, because... There's a lot of new factors for him. Obviously, he we know how good he is in Sweden. I think it was 2018 where he was second in the C3. So yeah. he's clearly got what it takes on this surface. But second on the road on the first day is... I don't think he's ever been there before. I, I, I haven't fact-checked that, but I'm fairly confident he's never been this high in a championship this early on not in the season. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's not, it isn't where he would have chosen to be. And I think that's a real... Shame in, in the sense of the competition this week because I think Breen could have been right up there in the right conditions, but it will be a challenge for him to to get to to grips with this different skill. But M Sport as a whole, it's an interesting one because I, I would agree with you, Colin, in that I think Toyota it could be any one of their drivers that win, but I I, I foresee it being a Yaris that wins on Sunday. I, I don't necessarily know why, and of course it can be proven wrong so easily, but they do seem like they've got the best balance. M Sport. Despite being the championship leaders, they don't—they're not really being talked about much this week. I don't think there's not been the same hype around them, and obviously, I think a lot of that comes from for Gus and, and Adrian. They don't have masses of experience on on mm. snow and ice. I think Formula in particular has never gone particularly well in the snow, and we all know what he needs to do this week. Um, I think he'd be having a pretty difficult few months if he had another accident in Sweden. So. He'll have a very clear target. But but Craig, I, th I think, will be sensible, as he was in Monte Carlo. There won't be any massive heroics on day one. He just needs to keep in touch with Cali. I think that's, that's a great benchmark for him to have. Stick Absolutely. with Rob and Pera. And if you can do that, he should be somewhere near the podium on Sunday. I think he will be. And I, I, you know, for me, the really interesting thing, and it's, you know, it, it provoked a lot of questions after Monte Carlo, was, was the level of that M Sport car. Is it the best car, you know? Okay, you'd argue that obviously that Sebastian Ogier was very, very quick 
in the Toyota. Elvin Evans, before his off, was extremely quick in the Toyota. But, you know, factor in then the situation with the M Sport drivers, bringing in a new team, you know, Greensmith making a very considerable step forward. You know, even as far as Formo in the two stages or the one and a half stages that he completed looked quick. And then Loeb coming back and ultimately winning the rally. I think there's something extra in that car. I, I really genuinely do believe that. And I think that could be the difference that allows Breen that opportunity if if road position does, in fact, favour those towards the front, which it could well do. It could mm. well do. We'll wait and see. If it does, I think maybe that... that, that you know, what I'm, I'm perceiving to be extra performance from the M Sport car might be enough, might be enough to give Breen that chance to keep it in there. He was quick, as you rightly said, in 2018. Remember the year that, that, uh, that um, Chris Meek almost, almost walked away from his Citroen saying it was undrivable? You know, Breen was still able to drive that car that year. You know, okay, he said some choice words about the car, but he still got a decent result out of it in Sweden. Uh, I, think it, I, I think it's going to be an interesting test, George of where that car's at, that M Sport car. It's an interesting test of where the car's at. I think, I think we know that the car is good and solid. A, a good, clean, easy-to-drive car, which the Ford quite clearly is, probably you know, the, the measure of the field at the moment. Uh, I think it'd be fair to make that extrapolation um, with, without fear of, of too much uh, contradiction. But uh, Sweden, fast, clean stages, uh, icy... Uh, not deep snow, that's going to favour. That's going to favour the, the best car, and 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 I think that we all we're all of the same opinion that the Ford is right up there. So Craig, an interesting character, he he never goes crazy or flat out. He always plays the game to the end of the event, um, and um, I think I think he is. Uh, I mean, he's the only one in the Ford that 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 is likely to to generate a win this weekend. Um, in fairness, but but for Mo, again, a super quick driver. These conditions are fantastic to drive. Um, has he got has he got the pace? You wouldn't you wouldn't suggest that he's in the political no, position absolutely. to push for it. But um, I, I I think I think the guys you know he'll probably probably push it a little bit on the second and third stages to see where he is. I think he might surprise himself. I think he might I go think better right, than Josh, people think. It... Uh, but Craig Craig has a Craig has a great chance to win this rally. He's demonstrated the pace in the past. He's demonstrated the pace in the recent past. He's a he's he's he takes that measured approach. And a measured approach in Sweden can can win win you a lot. But you know this this is a Grand Prix. This is this is like Finland. 18 seconds is a gulf. To, to lose so whilst that measured approach works it's got to be countered it's, it's the, the the balance the the what do you call it the, the latitude on this is even less than normal you know the normal event where we might see Thierry you know have his usual sort of terrible morning and then come back and win well harder to do in an event like Sweden where the margins are so small because this is going to just be flat out the cars will all have the same top speed at least I imagine they do I've not actually had any data on that uh, and they're going to be they're going to be on the rev limiters. It's going That's to be quite, great. Quite interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be fantastic. So I think I think Craig chance to win, uh, but a top three no, very likely. So. And, and, you, you, know, know? you could argue that Craig Breen is the most consistent driver in the World Rally Championship just now. You look at his last, well, I think it's six events. Look, you're you're better at these things than I am. Mm. You, you take yeah. out Croatia and and they've nearly all been. I think with the exception of a fourth place, nearly all podiums. So it's consistency is right mm -hmm. right there and. 
Yeah, I, I think if things go his way, he could he could well be there or thereabouts come Sunday afternoon. But oh. let's move on. Let's move on yeah. to Hyundai. Now, we've discussed it ad nauseum, the, the, what we perceive to be the problems of Hyundai. Look, I don't know. I think it was David that wrote the article this week, but it, it worried me. It really worried me when they started talking about looking forward to Portugal. Yeah. You know, for they're, they're, they're already talking yeah. about you know, homologation changes and joker changes. Um, is that a sign that, they're, that they've given up on this one? Can't be, surely. Mm, no, I, I, feel free to take it off if you want, George, because it's more... It's, it's, a tricky, it's a trickier topic, this one. All, all okay. I would say is I, I, yeah. I think Hyundai are very clearly not as happy with what they've done as... Ford and Toyota are not going to admit that publicly but I think there has we all know the struggles they had at the end of yeah. last year with testing I think they're probably going to do better than some people expect in Sweden yeah. I, I, I don't think it could be written off I think particularly actually Oliver Solberg who if this was 12 months ago we'd have all been talking about him as an obvious favourite to win the rally because we know how well he went on Arctic Finland I think he starts as the very last car on Friday so in theory if everything works correctly he could be a, a proper shout but um, yeah, I think that homologation-wise, they're probably... It seemed like it was almost... And this is the worrying thing. It was almost in all areas, High and I were behind. It didn't look as fast and it didn't look as reliable either. And that's not a good place to be at the start of a regulation change. No, it was all sorts. You're right, Look, it was, it was speed, mm. it was liability, it was consistency. You know, the car was clearly quick. Remember, Nouvelle won, won a stage or two. It was quick, but in a very narrow window of conditions. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Now, we we don't have to look back too far for kind of precedent with this. It's slightly different precedent. But, you know, we look back to last year's championship and Hyundai had a shocker, an absolute shocker in Monte Carlo. And we were all to some extent, you know, writing them, not not writing them off, not dismissing them, but certainly not perhaps giving them, um, you know, the the potential credit that we should have been for Sweden. They came back in Sweden and uh, Oik Tanak was blindingly fast, wasn't he? Did he lead from start to finish? I think he did, didn't he? Um, he, he, was, he was really, really quick there last year and he surprised a lot of people. It was the perfect comeback. Mm. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't be writing okay. Hyundai off, but more than that, I wouldn't be writing Tanak off. But I just can't see it happening. I can't see it happening with what we're being told, with what we saw in Monte Carlo, um, with what we know about the whole structure in the company just now, which is still going through this process of change. We still don't have a team principle in place. Um, it just is not. It's a long, long way short of the perfect preparation for Hyundai. Yeah. I think I... Am, I, am, I allowed, am I allowed a couple uh, of comments, hey, Colin? Uh, you, you, you've had more than a few already, Georgie boy. So, you know... <laughs> Well, okay, but I've not, I've not, I've not, I've not mentioned anything about right. Hyundai and their drivers. So that, that's that's the fun, that's the fun thing. So S- Sweden, uh, the conditions very fast, very clean, very open, and uh, in many ways uh, soft on the car. Uh, the, the the way the tires work, uh, the, there's a little bit more uh, latitude in the way that you can handle the car. There's not much latitude in the the end times. But I think this is an event where where we could see Ott, maybe Oliver. Uh, and and I think Thierry, to a, a, a very great extent, counter some of those shortfalls. As you said, Colin, a very narrow window, the car seemed to have the speed. Uh, it could be that Sweden will give them that window. They can maybe get the car 
set up towards that window, the window where, where they can get that performance. And Sweden does maintain that narrow window of, of setup. It's, it's a rally that you just set your car up, you never adjust it all the way through. Um, that, that would be the, the ideal scenario. So I think this rally could, as, as Luke said as well, they don't write them off. I think they could. They could. Uh, they, I think they will surprise here. Uh, they've got two fabulously proven drivers, and they've got a young gun in there, who might be under some pressure to uh, to uh, to pull back and just get a result after a very difficult Monty, which was none of his doing. But I would say to Oliver Solberg, I would say Oliver, this is this is a great chance for you on your native turf. Um, in a in a, sur uh, a surface that you have to be you have to regard as your own, go out there and just drive the socks off that car, and if if you are a top driver, uh, you will you you will uh, thrive and surprise on this rally. And um, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect them to 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 win um, neither on maturity nor demonstrated pace at the moment. But I think he could get an incredible result. And and surprise many people, and even even surprise me. So I'd like to see that. But I think I think those guys um, that they're they're talking everything down, Colin. And like you, I was very alarmed when I saw that. I thought, oh, crikey, that's I've been there. I've been in a team in that situation. Um, and when you when you have to start to um, you have to start to you know um, you know create your own fire break. You know you're starting fires to 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 stop the fire later. Really, you know you're. Scorched Earth policy in front of you—that's a hard one. Crikey, that's that's depressing. Um, I think I think uh, quite clearly that they've got they've got an engineering plan. They've they've identified a number of things. This is this is this is positive. Uh, they'll counter it as best they can. Uh, the car obviously has pace because it did get some fastest times in that very narrow margin. So look, they're they're not miles away they're just a couple of percent it could be that those percent fall outside what's required in in yeah. in sweden let's see I, th I think it's quite an exciting one i'm really really excited to see how they go and i'm i'm very hopeful for them that they can pull out well, more yeah, from this I than they so thought well you know they, they did get, i think i mentioned sweden last year obviously we didn't yeah. have sweden i'm talking about arctic rally finland last year uh -huh. with the result the dominant yeah. result from tanak you had new, new villain third there as well yeah, yeah. um but Absolutely, and Colin, they do have they do have that ace up their, their up their sleeve. I mean, it's not even up their sleeve; it's in their hand. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Ot Tanak. Yeah, yeah. The guy's going to be amazing. You know, come come what may, the the, the guy is going well, to be amazing. I, I hope so, but you know, for for, yeah. for me, um, I, I'd love to know uh, just how Tanak's feeling right now, and I think I think we'll get a better a better idea when we get to Sweden. But you know, this was this was due to be for Tanak the great new dawn for him and Hyundai. You know, he he struggled for two years and. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he's a man that's missed out on two world championships. You know, he was, he was world mm -hmm. champion with Toyota three years ago, and he should have he should have been there. Well, he was there thereabouts, but you know, um, he 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 knows he knows he's got more world championships in him, but he needs the equipment and on yeah. the, the evidence of Monte Carlo. Look, um, you know, what could we say? You know, I, Tanak does need he needs to get that car working for him. And, and, you know, this could be his opportunity, but it needs needs to be more than just that that one-off kind of, yeah, it's worked well in Sweden, that's great. That ain't enough, Luke. No, no, it, it's not. And I, I do think, as much as I agree with both of you, that I think Tanak will be very quick this week, it does feel like a massive, massive rally for him. Because don't forget, yeah. his last win in the World Championship was Arctic Finland last year. And I don't, I, again, I've not fact-checked this, but I don't think Tanak's ever gone more than 12 months between victories. So if he doesn't win this week, which 
it's possible, but it's potentially going to be more difficult for him than it will be for, for others. It's it's just, is is that a psychological thing that plays in their mind? Is it? He doesn't look that happy. I think that's the 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 interesting thing. And I know there's been a lot of conspiracy theorists that that quickly jumped on footage we saw after Monte Carlo with with Tanak and Mr. Wilson and the smile on his face and people wondering is he is he dealing with a new deal? I I don't for a second believe that he's trying to negotiate himself out of that situation yet. I think if things don't improve in the first six months, you're going to have a very disgruntled Tanak and I wouldn't say there'll be some people that are quick to potentially question his motivation I don't think it's that at all I don't think he's as publicly sort of defiant as maybe the likes of Thierry Neuville was we saw that in Monty how frustrated Neuville was getting with just the situation and trying to rally his team on Tanak will be doing everything behind the scenes to to make sure everybody's producing a better car essentially because as, as you say Colin he's, he's a driver that's that's in his peak but he's, he's not quite got the tool to to achieve what what he should be able to mm. no it's interesting and you know, there's an awful lot boys that, that we're going to watch with a huge amount of interest for sure this week and the Hyundai situation is right up there right up there uh, fingers crossed you know we, we all want to see them you know, competing at the level that we know they can compete at. And, and we need for a healthy championship, you know. If, if I and I can get their act together and can find some consistency and pace with that car, you know, we have a situation on our hands like 2017. 2017, we had, what, seven or eight different drivers winning rounds of the championship. All three manufacturers won rounds of the championship. That's what a healthy championship needs. And we need, you know, the best of Hyundai. We need the best of Tanak and, and Neuville and... As you mentioned, George, potentially Solberg as well. Boys, before we go, I want you to give me your predictions. Luke, a one, two, three. Go ahead. Oh, you go, go with me first. That's pressure. Um, well, there was a there is an article coming on dirtfish.com, which will be out already, actually, by the time the podcast comes out, which I don't think you boys will have seen. So I, in there, I shall stick to what I've written. I put Esapeka Lappi down as my winner. It's a bold choice because mm-hmm. I think if I was really focusing on my head, I would say Elvin. But I just, for some reason, I, I just have complete faith in Lappy this week. So I'm going Lappy first, Evan second, and Breen third. Mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, Georgie? As usual, I'm going to go with my wish list, or nearly my wish list. I'm going to say Ot Tanak, Katsuta, well, That's an interesting Craig one as well. Uh, well, I'm going to go with... It's just yeah, a wish list. Just a wish list. It's not I'm not based go. on any fact. And, and, and yeah. I've changed my mind in in you using that term wish list, George. I'm going to go with Breen. Then I'm going to go with Robin Perra, and I think I think I'm going to go with Tanak because I'd like to see a Toyota, a Hyundai. Sorry. Oh, that sounds All, that sounds that's great. Three, that three sounds manufacturers great. on the podium. That's, that would be uh, a nice result for me. I'm liking your wish list too. They're all great. They're all great. And and yeah, look, yours uh, is a pecker. Yeah, good, bold. good chance for him to do it. Yeah, but look, I mean, who, whoever wins this is, you know, I hope that they have a brilliant race. It's going to be really, really close. You can imagine, you know, Craig Breen beating beating um, Young Cali. I mean, what an achievement that would be. You know, a smack in the face in the home dirt. Cali, you know, a great chance to win this too. I mean, it's just—it's going to just be the most incredible well, so. uh, event. I'm—I'm so. I'm just so so excited by. It. I just hope. I just hope it just delivers us the the, the flavour and the excitement that we're I'm all sure looking it will, for. Boys, I'm it's sure been it will. fascinating. It's been a great talk this morning. It's it's overrun as as these things tend to do. Uh, but folks, listen. Uh, thank you for joining us on Spin the Rally Pod. There's a lot more to come 
this week. Keep your eye out on dirtfish.com. Lots, as Luke's already alluded to, lots of Rally Sweden build up. Uh, obviously, we are the place to be during the event for all the news as it uh, as it unfolds. Um, obviously, videos, we'll be doing more podcasts as well. It, it's going to be an exciting week on dirtfish.com. March is just around the corner, by the way. March is a big month for us at Dirtfish. It's Women in Motorsport Month, Women's Month in March, and we're being guest edited by the wonderful Michelle Mouton, and uh, you know that'll be fascinating to follow as well. So keep your eye out for all of that content, boys. Um, it's been it's been great. It's been great this morning talking to you both again. Our Scottish podcast is done, George Donaldson. Good. Hopefully none of us have dropped back into the vernacular and everybody could understand us. <laughs> Luke, you were the clearest so. and probably the most precise as well. Well yeah. done, Luke. Thank you, but I, I would not make such a claim about myself because I, I don't think that's particularly true. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, taking the, I'm taking the whole thing as a slap down, <laughs> uh, Luke. Slap Colin, slap down, me, Colin, slap me down. Uh, uh, let, let, let me let me give you the, the, the current temperature in Umia, just outside Umia. It's minus six updates. at the moment. Um, and... Yeah, that has stayed stable overnight. It's maybe dropped half a degree overnight. So it, it went up. It went up last night from minus fifteen. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, yesterday morning at minus fifteen. It went up to five degrees yesterday afternoon, and it kind of stayed stable overnight. That means it was cloudy, I guess. Um, and uh, that's what it's been. And the wind. What's the wind been? It's a brisk 11, 12 miles an hour. Sort of fairly stable throughout. Wonderful. So wonderful go. stuff, boys. Yeah. Looking well, very over, much overnight. forward to the week. Yeah. Don't forget, folks, uh, you, if you want to send us a message, if you want to comment on anything that you've heard talked about on Spin the Rally Pod, art at Dirtfish Rally on Twitter. You can also uh, go and have a look at our videos. It's the Dirtfish YouTube channel. Leave us a comment there as well. Uh, boys, it's been great. George Donaldson, thank you very much for your time this morning. Great, guys. Luke, thank, thank you, you very much thanks, indeed Colin. for your time. Thank you very much, everyone. And Colin, I'm definitely not jealous that you're heading out there this week because it looks fantastic. It's going to be great, folks. We will uh, see you all next Monday. But don't forget, in between time, dirtfish.com, the place to be for all the news from Rally Sweden.